ghosts, specters, whatever you want to call them, they've been around for thousands of years. Apparently she died from a tooth infection in one of the upstairs rooms in the house. As in the locations they haunt. History of a Haunting podcast tells you all about these famous, infamous, and almost famous locations. And why they became terrifying places to visit. Grab a glass of wine and settle in with your hosts, Archie. I mean, that was definitely the wrong thing to do. And Carrie. Nobody asked for it, Carrie. Nobody fucking asked for it. But hey, my podcast, and I'll say what I fucking want. (laughs) Two people just winging it in life and this podcast. So enjoy this week's episode of History of a Haunting. Welcome to History of a Haunting. I am you, one of your co-hosts, Gary. And the other co-host is Archie. And the third co-host is... The live studio audience, Nancy. Yay! Say, say hi, live studio audience, Nancy. Hi, live studio audience, Nancy. No. Oh. <laughs> oh, is, no. is that your Christian name? <laughs> <laughs> is that the name you were born with? Um, and she's... Got Tater. Tater's here. Tater's here. Tater's here. Leia's there. Leia's here. Chewie's... Disgusted, disgusted, go out. Yeah, disgusted with the whole thing and wanting to go out. Um, So let's jump into the particulars. Uh, One EVP. We are gonna get through this episode as quick as we can, which is so far not going well. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because I have uh, had the wonderful honor of being asked by EVPI, our friends Tony and Sheree Rathman, to investigate. The old Globe, uh, or Gila County Jail, rather, in Globe, which uh, just a few minutes ago we determined was over, down, and up from Phoenix, uh, (laughs) about an hour and a half away. That's what Archie said. That's what Mr. (laughs) Mapp said. And um, (laughs) Agamemnon, whose name is Mr. Mapp. It's Archie's stage name. Um, (laughs) He looks like an Agamemnon. Doesn't he? He does. It's the haircut. It's the the haircut. Also, next EVP, Archie got his haircut. (laughs) Finally. As did my mother. Finally. Yes. So between the two... Shout out to Marcus. Shout out to Marcus at Rochelle's. I can't wait to see what he does for you. Yes. uh, He's going to be doing my hair in a couple of weeks. So I'm getting bright blue streaks put in. So Um, Anyway, those are all our EVPs uh, because i got to get to Globe. And, uh, and investigate right. some ghosts. So today, Arch, what are shall we talking we, shall about? Shall we jump right in? Jump in. What are we talking about? I'm doing James Dean, James Dean's biography, and you... I am doing his reportedly cursed car, The Little Bastard. Oh, I can't wait. I'm excited. Let's do I it. I think it's cool. All right. It's going to be awesome, yeah. All right. I found James Dean's biography on biography.com. I totally thought you were going to say jamesdeanbiography.com. <laughs> biography.com slash actor slash James Dean. Oh, okay. If everybody wants to follow along, that's where he found it. All right. Um, I'm just going to do a brief, real quick, beginning for the people that don't care. Oh, I thought you paused and I was like, song and dance? What are we doing? Yes. Here? James Dean starred in the film adaptation of the John Steinbeck novel East of Eden, for which he received a posthumous Oscar nomination. Posthumous. 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 I got you, Aaron. (laughs) (laughs) Dean's next starring role as an emotionally tortured teen in Rebel Without a Cause made him into the embodiment of his generation. In early autumn of 1955, there's a hand. The audience has a question. Uh... I thought Rebel Without a Cause was first, and then East of Eden. East of Eden was first. Maybe because Rebel Without a Cause was his more popular? I don't know. Anyway, it's... Okay, okay. Well, and he did more than... He did more than <clears throat> more than just movies before even Eve, Eve right, right. East of Eden. Also, he's the hist- resident historian. Oh, right, right. So of, course, we just... of course, Mr. Bays. Go ahead. In early autumn 1955, Dean was killed in a car crash, quickly becoming a film icon whose legacy has endured for decades. His final film, Giant, was also released posthumously. Posthumously. Jesus Christ. (laughs) You know I'm going to mispronounce it just because now, right? (laughs) Today's episode is brought to you by Posthumously. Posthumously. (laughs) Ew. Today's episode is brought to you posthumously. Oh no, I don't want no oh, part no, of that. No, 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 not. 
Knock on wood. I'm getting ready to drive to Globe. Don't I'm say too young that. to die. <laughs> I have to work tomorrow. I can't <laughs> die. Yeah, she has to work tomorrow. <laughs> I have docks to get out. I cannot die. <laughs> okay. James Byron Dean was born on February 8, 1931, in Marion, Indiana, to Winton Dean and Mildred Wilson. Dean's father left farming to become a dentist and moved the family to Santa Monica, California, where Dean attended Brentwood Public Schools. Several years later, Dean's mother, whom he was very close to, died of cancer, and Dean's father sent him back to Indiana to live on his aunt and uncle, uncle's Quaker farm. Does it, did you find why, are you about to get into why the dad did that? No. Did they have like 90 kids and he couldn't? It, it didn't say, but I, it's yeah. a hell of a lot easier to ship the kid off when your wife dies. I mean, I guess back well, in the 40s or whatever, but I, 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 I came ahead and come across that too and I thought nobody explained why. And so I was like, well, that's Well, maybe nobody weird. really knows why, but I mean, it, it, it made him who he was. I mean, he... I guess. Well, mm. well, let's see if it made him who he was. Come okay, on. let's see, Archie. Well, Tell us. Did, his... it, did that make him who he was? Oh. <laughs> because of his mother's death and being shipped away from his father during this time, Dean sought counsel from his pastor, the Reverend James DeWeird, who influenced his later interest in car racing and theater. <laughs> the last name? DeWeird. Because yeah. she is also 12. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> Although I, would, I was gonna, I was keeping it together till I looked at you. <laughs> Don't lean back. The play is right there. Oh God forbid. Sorry. Go on. <laughs> Carry on, Archie. What are you waiting for? <laughs> My God, spit it out. Okay. Quit looking at her because you're just making it worse. <laughs> During this time, Dean sought counsel from his pastor. That guy. <laughs> I'm so glad this is such an expedient episode. <laughs> You're the one that invited me. <laughs> All right, carry on. During this time, Dean sought counsel from his pastor, the Reverend James, who influenced... <laughs> I can't even not say it without you guys losing it. Maybe you just say his pastor. During this time. let the name go. (laughs) During this time, just forget that guy exists. Except I know you can't. Except I can't. You can't, I know. During this time, Dean sought counsel from his pastor, the Reverend James DeWeird, who influenced his later (laughs) interest... And now it's you, Carrie. Yeah, I was. And I'm laughing at her. I know, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm telling you, just say his pastor. Let the name go. She just yelled at you on the podcast. <laughs> Cut that out, right? No. <laughs> okay, breathe. <laughs> You know this is our Jerome Grant Hotel. <laughs> Yours and mine, right? You get that right. Okay. Please continue. <laughs> Carry on. During this time, Dean sought counsel from his pastor, the Reverend James DeWeird, who influenced his later interest in car racing and theater. The two formed an intimate relationship that is rumored to have been sexual. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> brought that way down. <laughs> in 1949, Dean graduated from high school and moved back to California. He attended Santa Monica City College for a time, but eventually transferred to University of California, Los Angeles, and majored in theater. After appearing as Malcolm in the school's production of Macbeth, Dean dropped out of UCLA. His first television appearance was in a Pepsi-Cola commercial, while his first big-screen parts, uncredited, were in 1951's Fixed Bayonets! Exclamation point, and 1952's Sailor Beware, a comedy starring Jerry Lewis and Dean Martin. An uncredited, huh? Oh, wow, okay. Mm-hmm. So what, well, was he, he just like guy that walks in the he background? He'd probably or? be glad if he was uncredited in a 
Jerry Lewis and Dean Martin. God. <laughs> Please. To make ends meet, Dean worked as a parking lot attendant at CBS Studios, where he met Rogers Brackett, a radio director who became his mentor, with the two also said to have been romantically attached. Okay. Yeah. In 1951, Dean moved to New York City and was later admitted to the actor's studio to study under Lee Strasberg, though the two were reported to have not gotten along. Oh, God, I was going to be like, let me guess. They were reported to have been in a relationship. (laughs) Dean's career began to pick up, and he performed in such 1950s television shows as Craft Television Theater, Omnibus, and General Electric Theater, with a high school fan club formed after his appearance as a contemporary, John the Apostle, in 1951's Hills No. 1, A Story of Faith and Inspiration. <sighs> the fledgling actor was also garnering a reputation for being unstructured in his technique, though the work continued to come. After a Broadway role in the short-lived 1952 drama See the Jaguar, Dean's success as an Arab boy in 1954's The Immoralist led to interest from Hollywood. As an Arab boy? Mm, Arab boy. Wow, racism was just really rampant back then. I mean, it's not great now, but it was just... Why? Why do you say that? Well, because if they cast a white person as an Arab, and that was the the name of his character in The Arab Boy today... Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. The name of the... And that yeah. was what led to his interest from Hollywood? Yeah. He must have been really damn good. He must I, mean, have been. I mean... But... Yeah, okay, let's not get into that whole thing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's a, that's, that's another podcast. One that I'm not starting. <laughs> yeah. Over the ensuing months, Dean starred in three major motion pictures, beginning with the 1955 film adaptation of John Steinbeck's novel, East of Eden. Director Eliza Kazan chose Dean after the actor met with Steinbeck, who thought him perfect for the part. Many of Dean's scenes in the film were unscripted improvisations. He would eventually be nominated for an Academy Award for the role, making him the first actor in history to receive a posthumous Oscar nomination. Oh, okay. And that was East of Eden. Mm Mm-hmm. In his next film, Dean starred as the agonized teenager Jim Stark in 1955's Rebel Without a Cause, a part that would define his image in American culture. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Most people define him with Rebel Without a Cause. Mm -hmm. Well, quite honestly, that was the only movie I ever knew of with him in it. I didn't know about East of Eden or the other... Oh, really? Well, Rebel Without a Cause... And I've never seen it. Neither have I, but, I mean, the film was based upon his character. So, obviously, that's what many of us know him from because he right. was the star he of was, that movie. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Wasn't Natalie Wood in that movie? She was, yes. He yeah. co-starred in Rebel with Natalie Wood <laughs> and Salmoneo with the film focusing on the emotional alienation of three youngsters and the devastating drama that ensues from adolescent rivalry. Salmoneo. Minio. Minio. Yes. <laughs> and it was Ilya Kazan, not Elias. No. Wasn't wasn't Ilya Ilya Chun a Chun what a Chun I'm thinking child and son Chun Wow <laughs> Good heavenly days Okay we're back Tiny okay. technical issue Clearly, it's been resolved. (laughs) (laughs) Dean then landed a supporting role to Elizabeth Taylor and Rock Hudson in the epic intergenerational family saga, Giant. He died before production was complete, with Giant ultimately released in 1956. Dean received an Academy Award nomination for this role as well, making him the only actor in history to receive more than one Oscar nomination posthumously. Ah, he said it right! Sorry. (laughs) In late 2019, it was announced that a CGI version of Dean would return to theaters in the Vietnam War-era film Finding Jack, based on a novel by Gareth Crocker. While some prominent actors like Captain America star Chris Evans expressed their displeasure with the idea of using a digitized Dean, Finding Jack co-director Anton Ernst defended the choice by noting there were... Still a lot of James Dean fans worldwide who would love to see their favorite icon back on the screen. Uh, 
There's I disagree. Lot, yeah, there's there's a lot to unpack there for both sides. Yeah, I absolutely I, I disagree. Also, who gets who gets that money? Exactly. He has no heirs. He has no heirs, and but he has no parents, heirs. and he was an only child. Yeah. And there's no estate. <laughs> there's so no estate. Does it all go to the producer? Mm-hmm. That's Imagine disgusting. That. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like it. It's filthy. I don't like it. I don't think. Good know, for Chris that's Evans. Right. Good on you, Captain Good on America. You, Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> when Dean wasn't acting, he was a professional race car driver. Mm-hmm. On Friday, September 30th, 1955, Dean and his mechanic, Rolf Wertherich, Wertherich? German. Yeah, I, I, I meant to look it up. Because obviously I talk about it in my part. I meant to look up the correct pronunciation, and I didn't. So. And I didn't. There's an umlaut in there. <laughs> For what it's worth. <laughs> oh, it's not anyway. just Carrie with the bad puns here. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> well, either way. <laughs> they both drove together in Dean's new Porsche 550 Spider to a weekend race in Salinas, California. At 3.30 p.m., they were stopped south of Bakersfield and given a speeding ticket. Later, while driving along Route 466, a 23-year-old Cal Poly student named Donald Turnupseed, after turning at an intersection... Turnup speed. No. In all my articles, it's speed. All my articles. It's turnup Turnupseed. <laughs> Nobody would name their child that. I mean, I mean, I mean I it's not turnip like the vegetable. I literally copied and pasted this article. <laughs> so did I, from multiple, and he's oh, mentioning shit. multiple episode, episodes. Episodes? No. Wait, I could be wrong. Hang on, let me see. Okay. Oh my gosh, she's wrong? No, I mean, it's really almost not possible. I could be wrong. I mean, it's not. I'm not wrong. (laughs) She's never wrong. Turnip speed. Turn. Turnip seed. He's right. I'm wrong. Oh, you are. Turnip seed. Left route 8, route 41. And it's on the internet forever. Archie's right and Carrie's wrong. Okay. Once back oh, in man. 2020. I'm going to listen to this episode on repeat. But we were under our <laughs> coronavirus and. Also, I do the editing, so. <laughs> so she can make it look however she wants. <laughs> anyway, who was this guy doing the editing, Archie? <laughs> Later, while driving along Route 466, a 23 year old Cal Poly student named Donald Turnupseed, after turning at an intersection, collided with Dean's Porsche. The two cars hit each other almost head-on, with the spider devastated from the impact. Where the Reich... Where the Reich... Was seriously injured, but survived... Rolf. Rolf. (laughs) (laughs) Was seriously injured, but survived, while Dean was killed almost instantly. He was only 24 years old. And that's where my biography ends. Actually... He sets it up for me to talk about the worst parts... The things that I read said that he was Dean was taken to the hospital and died upon arrival. Okay, so I, yes. I read that as well. He read that as well. But I, this is it's my part now. I'll cover yeah, that. This is in the this was just how the biography and his story ends. Uh, can I get refills? And now we can get refills. <laughs> <laughs> Please listen to this <laughs> promo for one of our buddy podcasts. Uh, we will be right back while everybody apparently gets refills. do you often find that you need a distraction from everyday life do you like true crime conspiracy theories paranormal stories and other weird dark tales well tune in and turn up weird distractions podcast where we your hosts christy and alex bring you a weird distraction to help you get through the work week Every Sunday morning, you can find our show on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, Good Pods, and more. So, grab a snack, get comfy, and make sure to lock those doors. Need a distraction? We got you. Okay, so, his car, which he named Little Bastard, is what we're talking about today. Uh, it's rumored to be cursed, so haunted object category, I guess it falls in? I guess so. Okay. Okay. Um, are you ready? I'm ready. You're ready? Are you ready? I'm ready. Tater, ready? He's not talking to me. I accidentally... Yeah, he's stuck. I accidentally hit him in the face. 
while he was sleeping. Aaron, you still cannot have the goddamn dog. Okay, so let's talk about <laughs> the curse of the little bastard. I got my... What was that? I don't know. I didn't do anything. I didn't. Great, it's the little bastard. Oh, nice. Great. Well, who would go bad with the name like little bastard? <laughs> it was just right there in the name. Um, so I got my, my research from jalopnik.com, bestride.com, how stuff works, Drive Tribe, Occult World, Street Muscle Mag, Cult of Weird, and Wikipedia.com. Yeah. Um, so this research actually had me going to websites I didn't know number one existed, nor would ever go to, like, streetmusclemag.com. Oh, I love Jalopnik. Do you really? I do. Never heard of it. The only one I've ever used before is Occult World, uh, Wikipedia, and How Stuff Works. So, anyway, um, it's, a, it's a really fascinating story, and I'm super excited to get into it. So I want to <laughs> rip the headphones off my head <laughs> and get started. It's going to be a long motherfucking night. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to be worried the entire time you're buying the wheel of a car. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and as we're talking about James Dean's cursed car that he died in. That car is not cursed. <clears throat> That's why my, my beautiful little BB-8 orange Equinox is not cursed. <laughs> as I let everybody know what kind of car I drive. Nice. Great. Okay. And the license plate is... Is. Yeah. <laughs> and we live at... Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, so I want to start my part with a um, little bit of... Uh, the general perception of the car that he got when he bought it. Mm -hmm. So he bought it for $7,000 and it was one of 90 made. Mm -hmm. um, so James Dean had upgraded from the 356 Porsche to the 550 Spider, and he decided that he wanted to make it uniquely his. So he called upon George Barris. Um, and I guess this guy was um, sort of known in the industry of making like Hollywood cars. So he is known for making, um, I think the article I read said the original Batmobile, this guy. So he called upon this George Barris and I want you guys to remember that name because he factors into this whole story significantly. He sure does. Stop. You don't know anything because you didn't read ahead. <laughs> Archie would never. <clears throat> or he always does. Or you tell me what we're doing a story of and I come across it in my research. <laughs> But you would not have come across this if you were just researching James Dean's biography. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> I'm mad at you. We're in a big fight now. I'm kidding. So, James Dean called upon George Barris to customize the Porsche. So, this guy gave it tartan seats. Do you know what tartan is? No, I don't. Do you? Please explain to the listener. He, Archie knows. Uh, plaid <laughs> seats, basically. Well, yeah, that's what I said. It's a plaid. Oh, I thought you said you didn't know. Well, And then you, know. you said it's a plaid. <laughs> well, yeah, a tartan plaid. Okay. <laughs> Listeners, you heard it nine times from us. It's plaid. Anyway, he gave it tartan seats, two red stripes over the rear wheels, and plastered the number 130 on its doors. Did you come across anything, the significance of that number? Not a thing. Neither did I. Did you, do you know? No. Miss Tartan? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Ooh, the look. Okay. Um, <laughs> so he plastered the number 130 on its doors, hood, and engine cover. The name Little Bastard was given by um, James Dean's language coach, Bill Hickman, and he later had it painted on the car by master pinstriper Dean Jeffries. Anybody heard of him? No. No, neither. Okay. So, on September 23rd of 1955, Dean met actor Alec Guinness. You guys know who he is, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. For those of you who don't, Obi-Wan Obi Kenobi. Obi-Wan. <laughs> so, he had a conversation with Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> Um, outside of a restaurant, and he, James Dean had Alec Guinness take a look at the spider. Um, Guinness apparently told Dean that the car had a sinister appearance. He then told him, quote, if you get in that car, you will be found dead in it by this time next week. 
Seven days later, Dean would be killed in his beloved little bastard. Mm. So, <clears throat> if Obi-Wan Kenobi tells you some shit, maybe Far you want to listen. Long before his role. Right? <laughs> Apparently, Alec Guinness was known to be ex- extremely superstitious. So. Oh. Yeah, um, he got bad vibes from the car, and apparently uh, he wasn't the only one. Um, So despite James Dean's pride in the car, many who saw it had less than enthusiastic reactions. In addition to Alec Guinness's opinion, his friend, James Dean's friend, Eartha Kitt, uh, told him, James, I don't like this car. It's going to kill you. While the two were out for a drive in it, Uh, his James Dean's girlfriend, Ursula Andress, refused to get in the car, claiming it had an evil presence. Uh, actor Nick Adams, and I want you to remember, remember him. Actor Nick Adams and Dean's uncle Charlie Nolan felt similarly, and they both declined rides in the car. Oh God, yeah. And it, if you look at the car, looking at the car with people in it, it looks like it's designed to kill people. <laughs> I mean, it's literally just. How is that? Well, I mean, it's a very. It was a very tiny car. Very tiny there was like car. no backseat. The, the windshield was... comes up to just above your eyeballs. Well, it was a car that was built for racing, wasn't it? Uh, I mean, I talk about the car and 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 it's in general, but I don't I don't know if it. I mean, it's a beautiful little car, but you don't want to have any problems in it. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah. So there was Alec Guinness or the kit, James Dean's girlfriend Ursula Andress, Nick Adams, and his uncle. Um, I also came across an article that said perhaps Dean himself sends something to. Or was simply just reacting to like the negative universal dislike of the car, mm. <laughs> because when just days before his death, he gave away a kitten that Liz Taylor had gifted him on the set of Giant. He told a friend that he did it because, quote, "I may go out and not come back." Nonetheless, all of these harbingers of doom, which, by the way, is my new favorite thing. <laughs> Love a good harbinger of doom. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, aren't they? They're the best. They're my favorite. <laughs> um, <laughs> Anyway, these harbingers of doom dun, dun, dun. didn't dissuade Dean from heading to Salinas for his first race behind the wheel of this car. Mm-hmm. So that's how I'm going to start out my part. Um, and that's it. Bad things happen. He died. See you next week. That was funny. Laugh. <laughs> <laughs> They're both staring at me like, that was stupid. <laughs> okay. Well, so, your part really comes of what happened after. Right, well, yeah. So I'm going to get into, like, a whole bunch of stuff. As soon as I fix my mic. Okay, so apparently, Dean was contractually banned from racing during the filming of the movie Giant, which makes sense. Right. I mean, yeah. um, so apparently as filming his filming approached an end he then drove to competition motors and purchased the spider that he had been looking at for a long time Mm -hmm. so he had actually finished his part of the movie but like they had post-production and stuff so and he died before the the actual post-production was done on the movie his voicing in post-production nick adams so remember the guy that i said didn't want it remember him too because he comes back Apparently, he went to this competition motors, he purchased the spider, and it was delivered to him on the Warner Brothers lot at the end of his last workday on the film. So he apparently celebrated his freedom to compete in races again by signing up to race this new Porsche at the event in Salinas that was to take place October 1st and 2nd, 1955. Okay. Yeah, so, the car. Dean's 550 Spider was one of 90 produced. And it, this particular car, carried the VIN number of 550-0055. Uh, it was a... <clears throat> it oh. was a... What? Got a, did you get a thing? Like an acronym with numbers. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely nothing that only I would enjoy. <laughs> oh, okay, good. All right, then. Um, so the article I read said that it was a study in lightweight automotive engineering... And it featured a tubular steel chassis mated to an aluminum body that offered a low center of gravity and a slippery dro- drag coefficient. The car's engine was aluminum, four-cylinder, air-cooled, horizontally opposed unit with four overhead camshafts and dry sump lubrication that was mated to a fully synchronized four-speed transmission. 
though it wasn't a monster, the motor produced a silky smooth 110 bhp, enough to propel the 1,410 pound car to a top speed of 140 miles per hour. So I don't need to tell you, if you know cars, <laughs> that you need to hit me up and explain what all that shit means. <laughs> Tiny, tiny car, go fast. Tiny, <laughs> tiny, tiny car, car, go fast. Yeah. Tiny light car, go fast <laughs> is basically what I'm getting out of that. Um, but anyway, so that's the car. So let's talk about the wreck. So a week later, on September 30th, Dean and Rolf Wouterbrick. Rick. You can't even do it. <laughs> what, what did we, my mom and I were practicing it on the break. I know. What is Wuterbrick? Okay, Rolf. His Maconic Rolf. Great. <laughs> Sorry, German listeners, please don't go away. We're just starting to get them on board. Please, please mock please. our English as much as you want. <laughs> I mean, please. They already <laughs> I mean, they already probably do. <laughs> anyway, so Dean and Rolf. Uh, Rolf was a former Luftwaffe pilot and a factory-trained porch mechanic. Porch. Porch. Porsche mechanic. Um, which, fun fact, my Uncle Dwayne was also a, a Porsche mechanic. Yes. But not a Luftwaffe pilot. But not a pilot, no. Um, anyway. <laughs> they were um, at Competition Motors in Hollywood preparing the little bastard for racing that weekend at Salinas. The intent was initially for Dean to trailer the car to Salinas behind his 1955 Ford Country Squire. I mean, again, if you know cars, <laughs> send me a picture of that because I have no idea what that is. <laughs> they don't make it anymore. Um, sure, surely there's pictures. Well, I'm sure they do. Yeah, I'm sure there are. <laughs> anyway, uh, the intent was for him to basically um, tow the car behind this other Ford Country Squire. I mean, a Porsche behind a Ford? Uh, what? I don't know. Um, along with a photographer and stuntman, Bill Hickman, who came up with the name or who did he come up with the name I don't even know my own notes <laughs> I thought James Dean called it Little Bastard no Bill Hickman came, actually is the one that named the car Little, um, little Bastard I almost said Little Hickman this, is, <laughs> I, this episode is going so fucking good <laughs> Little Dean Little Dean Little whatever <laughs> oh god he's gonna haunt us James Dean <laughs> hey kids, rock and roll! <laughs> oh my god, Jimmy oh. Dean. Okay, sorry. Oh. Um, <laughs> shout out to anybody who knows what the fuck song we're singing. All right. So, again, it was his intent to tow the car behind the other car with a photographer. Um, it, Use your words. I have none. So he was going to tow the car with Bill Hickman, who's the guy that named the car. He was a, a stunt coordinator, oh, is, okay. the, is who this guy was. So, But apparently the car needed some break-in miles on it. So Dean and Rolf, Rolf suggested driving the car to Salinas to not only break in the engine, but so that Dean could familiarize himself with the car that he just bought. Yeah, yeah makes sense. Yeah, and Rolf went along for the ride. <clears throat> so the, I guess the group left a coffee shop from that was across from Competition Motors at 1.15 p.m., as you mentioned, Archie, at 3.30 p.m., California Highway Patrol stopped him and wrote him a ticket just south of Bakersfield for driving 65 and a 55. Um, Hickman got a... Tw <laughs> Hickman, the guy that was, I guess, um, following along behind, uh, he then got a ticket for going 20 miles over the speed limit because he was towing a trailer, which meant that he could only drive 45 miles an hour. <laughs> so... Um, at Blackwell's Corner on Route 466, the caravan stopped for drinks and met up with Lance Reventlow. How do you say that? Revent Reventlow. Reventlow, I believe it is. Lance Reventlow and Bruce Kessler, who they were also competing in the Salinas Road Races um, in Reventlow's Mercedes-Benz 300 SL Coupe, which, again, nice. No idea. <laughs> <laughs> so impressed there for a second. I know. It's like, wow, she knows what that is. Thanks. Yeah. No, I don't. <laughs> no clue. <laughs> no clue. <laughs> Acting. <laughs> oh, bingo square. <laughs> so. <laughs> you hear that, Aaron? 
Yeah. <laughs> um, Sunshine, mark that down. Um, <laughs> at approximately 5.15 p.m., Dean and Hickman drove west toward Paso Robles. Fun fact, my son's father used to live there. Uh, not during this time, <laughs> but a couple years ago. Okay. Um, right. <laughs> I realized when I said that, I was like, wow, it makes it sound like Josh is super fucking old. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, he be dead by now. I mean, he, yeah, he <laughs> probably would be. Um, so at 5.15, they drove west toward Paso Robles. About a, a half an hour later, a black and white 1950 Ford Tudor, Tudor, not Tudor, but Tudor, like, Tudor. like the Henry British. Tudor, <laughs> Ford Coupe was heading east on 466, driven by 23-year-old Cal Poly student Donald Turnipseed, not Speed. <laughs> Archie was right. Oh, I love hearing that. <laughs> say, say it again. Frequently. Just one more time. Turnip seed made a left. Again, turnip seed. Archie not was right. Yeah, turnip speed. Archie was right and I was wrong. <laughs> oh my God, that'll never happen again. <sighs> oh no, for sure. It'll definitely happen again. Anyway. So he made a left on Route 41, and as he crossed the center line, Dean, who was estimated to be traveling at 85 miles per hour, tried to avoid the Ford, and the two cars met head-on. The Ford Coupe slid 39 feet down Route 466 in the westbound lane. Soon afterward, an unconscious and dying Dean was placed into an ambulance. Rolf Wouterricht... Somebody, sorry. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Um, who had been thrown from the spider, was lying on the shoulder of the road next to the little bastard. He was transported in the same ambulance as Dean to the Paso Robles War Memorial Hospital, almost 30 miles away. Trapped in the crumpled car, the most iconic actor of his generation died from a broken neck, multiple fractures of the upper and lower jaw, severe head trauma, and massive internal bleeding. He was pronounced dead on arrival at 6.20 p.m. at the... Paso Robles War Memorial Hospital, and as Archie mentioned, he was only 24 years old. Turnip seed walked away with a scratch on his nose. Yeah. So, um, Rolf survived, and so did this Donald. Sorry. Turnip seed. Turnip speed. <laughs> now I'm just going to make shit up. Um, <laughs> and uh, James Dean, as we all know, didn't make it. He passed on. And I have yet, I have never come across anything that says that James Dean haunts anything. The car, on the other hand, is kind of a little motherfucker. Maybe they should upgrade the name. (laughs) Right? So let's talk about how this car is cursed. Which is what everyone's waiting for. (laughs) (laughs) So, that little bastard not only killed James Dean, but it killed and maimed others who came into contact it. Contact. Contact it? With it. Thank you. Contact with it. I've caught a horrible case of case, case? case wow. of poor spider. Right? Yeah. That would have been so much better if I hadn't fucked it up. I mean, sometimes <laughs> they just don't land, honey. <laughs> oh my god, I can't deal with this. I'm sorry. I have to go. So anyway, there she goes. There she goes. <laughs> So anyway, it not only killed James Dean, but it did kill and maim others who came into contact with it, causing many to say that the damn thing was cursed. George Barris, remember him? I told you to remember him. He was the one who customized the 550 originally. He actually bought the wrecked carcass of the little bastard for $2,500. And, um... I'm sorry. Leia needs to scratch and stretch and shake and... Slap her ears around. Mm -hmm. So, George Barris, who customized it originally, he bought the wrecked carcass of the little bastard for $2,500. And um, as he was being transported to him, it slipped off its trailer and it broke a mechanic's leg. So, we're off to the races. Off to the races. But not this mechanic, because he has a broken leg. (laughs) Ooh. Yeah, bad joke, but he's probably, he's bright. <laughs> <It's fine. laughs> Don't haunt me. Yeah, because those people are probably all dead by now. They've got to be. Anyway, um, not long after, not long after this, Barris sold the engine and the drivetrain to two doctors, Troy McHenry and William Eskrid. So while those two were both racing against one another in cars that had those parts from the little bastard. McHenry lost control and hit a tree, killing him instantly. 
Eskrid was seriously injured when his car suddenly locked up and rolled over multiple times while going into a turn. He would later state that the vehicle, and he got the um, drivetrain. Sorry. (laughs) I mean, I I sounded like I knew what I was talking about earlier. Yeah, you kind of did. I did, and then I fucked it up. Well, sometimes they don't land. Sometimes they don't (laughs) land. (laughs) Sometimes they don't even get off the ground. Um, (laughs) uh, Eskrid would later go on to state that the vehicle just locked up on him. So, Barris apparently still had two tires from the 550, which were untouched in Dean's accident. He sold those, and not long after, the person who put them on their car, both tires blew out simultaneously, causing the driver's new owner to run off the road. Barris himself examined the two tire carcasses. What's with the word carcass? There's a lot of carcasses in this story. A little bit. Um, Barris examined the two tires after the incident and he actually couldn't find any cause for the sudden failures just random that's so weird yeah um so he (laughs) he george barris had kept the car in his possession minus the sold parts and he was storing it for a time and it caught the attention of two would-be thieves because the car that james dean died in blah blah right and sometimes people suck (laughs) (laughs) So, the first um, situation involved a young man who was attempting to pilfer the steering wheel. And as he did, he received a gash on his arm down to the bone. On a piece of the wrecked car's jagged metal. The second was, um, the second attempt seriously hurt a thief who was trying to steal Dean's blood-stained driver's seat from the Porsche. I mean, these people, people are, are weird. They're super well, weird. Remember that guy who bought Luis Gonzalez's gum off of eBay? <laughs> no. Yeah, well, that that was a thing that happened. Oh, God. hmm <laughs> I swear to God, people are okay, weird. Okay, but that, that doesn't have anything to do with a death. I mean, this is a... I mean, that's morbid as hell. Yeah. Although... Zach Bagans does have his haunted museum, and in it he does have like Bella Lugosi's mirror. He has Ed Gein's cauldron. Who's he, Ed Gein? He has um, Charles Man- some of Charles Manson's ashes. Yeah. Who's this weirdo? Zach Bagans, host <laughs> of Ghost Adventures. <laughs> wow. My mom thinks you're weird. I'm sure he listens. <laughs> But if he does, he's not listening anymore. <laughs> anyway, I'm so... I'm probably thrilled every couple of a weirdo. Anyway, I mean, the weirdos are the best. So, apparently, due to all the incidents involving the little bastard, Barris decided to hide the car, but was eventually convinced by the California Highway Patrol to lend the cursed heap to a highway safety exhibit that would go on tour around the country. Mm-hmm. So, the little bastard was transported north by flatbed. While near Salinas, the truck transporting it was involved in a serious accident that saw the driver, George Barquis, ejected from the cab. Though injured, Barquis initially survived, as if right on murderous cue. Love this dramatic article. Dun, dun, dun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as if right on cue, murderous cue. Uh, Dean's Porsche suddenly rolled off the flatbed and landed on Barquis, crushing him to death. Um, a few months later... It's like Final Destination, James Dean edition. It absolutely is. It absolutely is. Um, so a few months later, while in between exhibitions, his spider was briefly stored in a garage in Fresno. Did you come across this? I'm sure you must have. Uh, in late March 1959, this garage caught fire and burned to the ground, destroying every single thing in it except the car, which it sustained no damage. Yeah. Beyond what <laughs> James Dean Right. It. Yeah, which I thought was... That's too many... That's how many coincidences. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm, I've got a big long list. Oh, I Did know. anybody ever research the car prior to James Dean owning it? Bought it brand new from Porsche. Oh. Yeah, so it's not like he bought a used Porsche and then there was weird shit that went... Okay, the owners of the Porsche, the company... <laughs> no. Well, I mean, clearly the weird shit didn't happen until after he died in it. So, on September 30th, 1959, the fourth anniversary of Dean's death, the little bastard was on display at a Sacramento, at a Sacramento, Sac, thank you, Sacramento High School, Jesus, 
When the bolts holding the car down snapped, the Porsche careened off the display stand and broke the hip of a 15-year-old boy who had been examining the wreckage. In Oakland, California, the little bastard suddenly broke into two separate pieces while again being transported and fell onto the freeway, causing a serious traffic accident before the pieces could be removed. Fortunately, nobody was injured in that. A few weeks later, a transporter carrying the smashed... The car... No. A few weeks later, a transporter carrying the car smashed through a plate glass store window when the truck's parking brake failed uh, while parked on top of a hill. I mean, Archie's face is like, oh my god. Um, In 1959, the little bastard was sent to New Orleans for exhibit. While on display, it suddenly fell and broke into random pieces again. Uh, George Barris was unable to determine the cause of the breakage this time. Jeez, that's just not even four years later. Uh Uh-huh. More. There's (laughs) more. So those who believe in the curse of the little bastard also point to the workings of misfortune in the lives of of those whom Dean knew, who knew of the car or had been in it. <clears throat> oh. So remember Nick Adams? He's the guy that dubbed Dean's voice in several yeah. scenes of Giant. Yeah, I remember him. He's the guy that also didn't want to take a ride in it mm-hmm. and said it was no good. He died in 1968 of an overdose of peraldehyde. Innocuous, sure. Um, however, as a result of the accident which killed James Dean, Rolf Wutericht, Wutericht, Rolf, this poor bastard, I mean, mm. I mean, we have little bastard the car, and then we have poor bastard the passenger. Yeah. He right. developed severe psychological problems. There were many accounts that he well, suffered. Who wouldn't? I mean, really. <laughs> I swear to God. Um, there were many accounts that he suffered from depression and had suicidal tendencies and had become an alcoholic. Um, he knew of cases of suicide of James Dean fans who just were so distraught over his death that they too committed suicide. So he knew about those people. And apparently he received, he received many fan letters accusing him of killing Dean and threatening his life. Oh my God. I know. So. People suck. I'm telling you sometimes people suck. Well, you know, back in the 50s. When he you were was like a big fucking deal. deal, that was a big deal. I mean, yeah, was a big fucking deal. Kind of still and is. Like, well, yeah. As a tragedy. Uh, well, yeah, but also that like cool guy, you know? Yeah, yeah. Devil may care, bad boy, dude. The bad boy. Yeah, yeah. So this Rolf was married four times, and he had one son. His first marriage to, was to a Hungarian woman named Julia, and it ended in 1954. The second marriage was to Gundrun, who accused him of killing James Dean. She was a peach. <laughs> uh, when that happened, he became violent and was arrested and committed to a psych ward. He and Gundrun were divorced shortly afterwards. Uh, he married his next wife, Inga, on a vacation in Rimini. I don't know where that is. Do you? France? Rimini? Rimini. R-I-M-I-N-I. Never heard of it. I'm going to go with France. Okay. Mr. Map, look that up. answer. Okay. I can't. I was told to close my computer. Well, yes. Because <laughs> you know what he'd be doing? Looking up Rimini right now. <laughs> anyway, this marriage is the one that produced his son. And I'm not going to say the son's name because I can't. It's burned. But I'm sure it's pronounced... I'm butchering it. It's B-E-R-N-D. Burned. Burned? Hmm. Or Burned. Burn it. Burn it. There's no E. Burn it. There's lots of bissing vowels in French language. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Anyway, this marriage produced his son. They divorced after four years. His fourth marriage was to Doris. On May 1st, 1967, he stabbed her in her sleep several times after previously attempting suicide. After 14 months in jail, he was found guilty of attempted manslaughter. They both survived, by the way. Um... After 14 months he in jail. her four times and she lived? Yes. Um, Good he, on you. Yeah. He was found guilty of attempted manslaughter in a court in Stuttgart in 1969. He ultimately went to a psych ward instead of prison, leaving the institution in Weissenau in 1970. In July 1981, he signed a contract for 20,000 German marks for a feature TV show about him discussing the death of James Dean. He died that same month in, oh God, I'm so sorry, Germany, in 
Kupferzell, Germany, after becoming intoxicated, losing control of his red Honda Civic and crashing into the wall of a residence. Like James Dean, Rolf Wunderricht had to be extricated from the wreck and died at the accident scene. He was 53 years old. Now this gentleman was... <clears throat> the passenger in the car when in Little Bastard when oh, James Dean wrecked him. He was a me- mechanic. Yeah. Um, I feel like I feel like we're going to have to follow up with an apology to who? Podcast to Germany. To Germany? To Germany? <laughs> yeah, I think you're probably right. Um, now, Len- Lance Rent... What is it? Rev- Reventlow? Rent... Reventlow? Reventlow. Reventlow. I believe. I can't tell where the emphasis goes. Oh, man. Lance Reventlow, whose mother was the heiress to the Woolworth store fortune. Oh. And I only knew that because of her. Um, <laughs> when I was talking about this earlier. Uh, he was a fellow in auto enthusiast and um, like James Dean, and they became friends and they competed in club events around California. Again, he was the one on September 30th. Um, he was one of the last people to speak to Dean when they met on their way to the auto race in Salinas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reventlo said that he had coffee with Dean at a restaurant approximately 30 minutes before Dean was killed. Uh, this gentleman was then killed in a plane crash several years later. Now, Sal Minio, Dean's co-star in Rebel Without a Cause. He was stabbed to death in 1976. Did you find about about this? No. So, um... <laughs> He played a character um, that in in have you seen Rebel Without a Cause? Mm-hmm. So he played the character that that had kind of like a crush on James Dean's character. Yeah. Okay. So on the night of February twelfth, nineteen seventy six. By the way, I was one year. I wasn't even born yet. I was going to be born in a year. Um, almost to the day. I, I'm not sure why that's relevant. <laughs> it's relevant. My birthday is always relevant. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, remember that. About one year prior to my birth, to the day, the actor <laughs> returned home following a rehearsal for the play. And I'm sorry, Archie. And which actor is this? Salminio. Oh, okay. Uh, the name of the play was called "P.S. Your Cat Is Dead." <laughs> Archie, why are so sorry, Archie? Because that's a terrible <laughs> name for a play for people. You know, anyone, well, me, cat lovers, you know. cat lovers, yeah. Or she's like, I don't know, I bought it. That sounds like a play I'd go to. <laughs> sounds like a text I've sent. <laughs> don't, 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 don't throw up on my head. Don't throw up I'm not going to throw up, but I almost spit all over my mom and the dog. Great. <clears throat> P.S. Your cat is dead. Sounds like a text I sent. <laughs> That's definitely a text I've received. Okay. Dogs are asleep, and I'm so glad. Oh my god. <sighs> okay. So anyway, on the night of February 12th, one year before I was born, the actor returned home following a rehearsal for the play. Archie texted, P.S. Your cat is dead. After parking his car in the carport below his West Hollywood apartment, 37-year-old actor was stabbed in the heart by a mugger who quickly fled the scene. Police pursued multiple leads, but assume the crime to be the result of some sort of, quote, homosexual... Homosexual? No. They even said it that way back then. Homosexual? Uh-huh. Did they really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I was thinking homicide and homos... Some sort of homosexual motivation. Homosexual, this really. This is Alminio we're talking about. Right. Now, in March 1979, Lionel Ray Williams was sentenced to 57 years in prison for killing Minio and for kidding... Kidding for committing 10 robberies in the same area. Although considerable confusion existed as to what witnesses had seen in the darkness the night Minio was murdered one year before I was born, Williams claimed... (laughs) The relevance there... Let go! (laughs) Williams claimed to have no idea who Minio was. Corrections officers later said that they had overheard Williams admitting to the stabbing. Williams's wife later confirmed that on the night Sal Minio died, he had come home with blood on his shirt. He was paroled in the early 1990s, so that lovely chap is out and about. Oh, nice. <laughs> yes. Uh, so essentially, mishap after mishap continued with the car until 1960, when the tw- twisted debris was on loan to a safety exhibit in Miami. Following the exhibit, the wreckage and the truck that was hauling it mysteriously vanished vanished on the way back to Los Angeles, and neither have been seen since. Now, from here, things kind of get a little muddled. 
Um, there are a number of stories as to how this car vanished. One is this one, that the, the tow truck and the car just disappeared. Another one is that um, sometime before um, 1960, while it was on the exhibition circuit, according to some, the truck carrying it crashed, killing the driver, and then the little bastard was gone off the truck by the time the authorities arrived on the scene. Um, by other accounts, it was merely stolen en route back to Barris. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also been reported that um, the the car was being was loaded onto a freight train to Los Angeles, with the door to the box car sealed. But upon arrival, the door to the box car was unsealed and open, and the container was completely empty. Um, essentially, what is known is that the little bastard vanished, and has never been seen since. So, and, and this was in what the sixties? The sixties, yeah. And I even read some. And then here it is, pulling up in front of my house. Here it is, Everybody's ladies and gentlemen. Grab a dog and fucking run. <laughs> we don't want anything to do with this guy. I, I heard there was a million dollar bounty put out for it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Archie, Archie's right. Uh, over the years, many people and organizations have offered substantial sums for the Porsche without anyone coming forward with the information. However, and recently. On the 60th anniversary of James Dean's death, on September 30th, 2015, a man claiming to know the whereabouts of Little Bastard came forward because, um, like you said, Archie, it was this, um, uh, Vol, I had it in my notes, where is it? Volo somebody, oh, here, Volo Automotive Museum in Illinois offered a million dollars for the whereabouts and the actual car. So... A man that claimed to know the whereabouts of the little bastard came forward. He claimed that when he saw his father, that he saw his father and some other men hide the car behind a false wall in a building in Washington State when he was six years uh, old. <laughs> She's bad because that's where she was born. <laughs> Do you know where it's at? Because we could get a million fucking dollars. Do you? Do you? No. Do you? Are you sure? Are you sure? No. No. Why do we have her on the show? I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, the man said that he won't reveal the location of the building until he receives a portion of the reward currently being offered by <laughs> the museum. He has Good luck with that, buddy. right? That's kind of what they're thinking. But he has, however, allegedly passed a polygraph test and has even volunteered some details about the car that check out that like only somebody who's seen the car would know. But at the age of six, how do you know the significance of right? I, I, I don't. I don't know. Anyway, so the museum will only pay up if it gains legal possession of the car and the ownership is in question. Barris owned it in 1960, and he died in 2009. Uh, so he owned it when it vanished, but if it's walled up in a building in Washington State somewhere, so who owns it now? State Does Barris's estate then own it? Because James Dean doesn't have, like we were talking about. He has no heirs. Right. He has no heirs. There's no estate. I guess technically Barris would own it. Barris's estate. Barris's estate or his relatives then. Or after so long, would it belong to whomever owns the property that it's allegedly walled up in? I don't, it's weird. That's that's a tough call. So the, the, the museum is covering their ass in that, oh, you say you have it, here's a million dollars. Right. <laughs> oh, okay. I have it right here. It's in right? my pocket. Seriously, in these storage heads around the corner, I've got it. It's here. It is. I want that million dollars. So I mean, he, he's passed a polygraph. He knows details about the car. Also, they want to. They'll only pay up when they gain legal possession of it. Right. So that's why they're like, well, who owns it, so that we can get legal possession. CYA one hundred and one. And where the fuck is it? It's somewhere in behind a fake wall in Washington State. You have any ideas? <laughs> uh, sure. <laughs> Uh, it's probably that house in Shelton that we lived in, you know, when I was born. Oh, oh my God. It probably It is. could be. Even Except though that I've been to that house, and it's not big enough to hold a Porsche. <laughs> what about a crushed Porsche? Because this car was crushed. Oh, God. Anyway. So, that's everything that I have about the curses of um, On the Little Bastard. I do want to um, say that I came across this, this piece in an article that I thought summed it up really, really well. Um, and said, was the little bastard cursed when Dean bought it? Because, like you had asked, it was brand new mm-hmm. when he bought it. Um, or did it become cursed as a result of his violent death? 
According to superstition, objects, as well as places, can become cursed when they are associated with violence and tragedy. If Dean was truly destined to lose his life in a car crash, then perhaps any car that became the death vehicle might have become cursed. According to psychometry, objects absorb the emotions of their owners and those around them and remain a repository of those emotions indefinitely. Is it possible that in the final, blinding, terrible seconds of James Dean's life, he experienced emotions of such intensity that they were literally seared into the car along with the violence of his death? Unfortunately, the answer is going to remain a mystery forever. And that's what I've got for the cursed little bastard. And those final thoughts. Who wouldn't go bad with a name like that? The final imprinted thoughts on that car are, oh shit. I can't, unless maybe he didn't. From all accounts, I mean, he was like, well, you know, I was destined to die in a, in a car accident, and you know, whatever. But you know, still, you're you're gonna kind of shit your a, pants. <laughs> you know, one of these three wheeling. Uh, you know, it's, I'm young and sexy and. Yeah. Making millions and loved to race cars and you know, whatever. Maybe yeah. maybe he had just sort of had made his peace with the fact that he loved to race cars and that it was dangerous and maybe it might actually did. kill him one day. And yeah. maybe I don't know. But I I no ma- I feel like no matter how eh, devil may care that you are in that moment when you know you you're in an accident, especially because he didn't fucking die immediately. No, he didn't. He didn't die when he got to the hospital. He didn't die until he got to the hospital. However, he had a broken neck. So you have to wonder, like, where... See, now I'm getting into my whole fucking anatomy and physiology shit. Yeah, but where yeah. did his neck he break? Was, was he conscious and aware that... He was pronounced dead upon him arrival. Sure, but he was yeah. still alive when he was pulled out of that car. So how much of his consciousness did he have? Was yeah. he even conscious? He was still alive. Otherwise, they wouldn't have bothered to wreck him to the hospital. Well, I know, but again, I, I, that's not what I'm talking about. I mean, like... Was he, conscious was he conscious of the fact that what had happened? Yeah. Or did he just... Was he unconscious? Did he not know? I mean, I, again, this is one of those... Let's talk about where Jimmy Hoffa might be kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> we could yeah. go on forever. Where is Jimmy Hoffa? Yeah. yeah, so... I don't know. It was an exciting story. And when I was doing my research, I was like, oh my god, this is amazing and wonderful. And... Um, I do have a couple of EVPs that I thought of as we were recording this. One, uh, we were supposed to do Lake Shawnee Amusement Park as our regular episode this week. However, when I got into my portion, I found that the hauntings are not too in-depth. So my research was tiny. And then when I started doing my research on this, because this was supposed to be part of the mini-episode for the Patreons, it was so full and rich. I was like, okay, we're swapping. (laughs) because Big Mouth Carrie announced that Lake Shawnee was the next episode in Kadena Air Base. Uh, so there's my post-recording or post-episode EVP that... It's <laughs> <laughs> a little bastard. Um, I also, Arch, we did not announce our Patreon of the week. We did not. Yes. And um, this, this person... Week, it is... Our live studio audience. My mom, Nancy Hopper. Nancy. Yay! Oh, yay, me. Uh, so, yes, you are our Patreon of the week. And, oh, um, goody. Yay. <laughs> what do I get? This is what you get a standing ovation. <laughs> um, it's pre recorded, and You're I'm just going to. Yeah. I'm just going <laughs> to drop it into the episode. Oh, great. Um, <laughs> That's what you get. You guys are great. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for your money every month. Uh, You're so welcome. Uh, we are drinking. We didn't name this drink after you. We are drinking. We also didn't talk about our drinks. Oh, no, we didn't. We really botched this. Um, I'm sorry, Leah. Am I in your way? Yeah, you are. This is a Hawaiian punch. What is it? The kiwi? Kiwi strawberry Hawaiian punch with lime Bacardi. With lime Bacardi. Um, and we are calling it... A live studio audience gets slimed. Because <laughs> it's bright green like Slimer. And yes, Mom, thank you very much. Uh, you have been... you. She was our very first Patreon because moms are awesome. <laughs> always um, a pleasure to have you with us. Yes, yes. Thank it's you. always a pleasure. Even though we get into giggle fits and shit goes sideways fast. <laughs> uh, yeah, well. But anyway, thank you so much, Mommy, for being a Patreon. We are very appreciative. 
and um, here is your standing ovation to um, you from me, Archie, and all of the dogs here at History of a Haunting. Yay! All right, thank you, Mommy. I love you. I love you. Anyway, so what did you think of this episode? I thought it was interesting. Really interesting. I did, too. I was super excited when I was doing my research. I kept running in here, and I'm like, oh, my God, listen to this. Oh, my God, Mom, <laughs> listen to this. Holy shit, listen to this. James Dean was like an icon of the 50s. I mean, he had he had fans. It was, yeah, you know, when I worked at Juton Hoops, they sold those um, posters that had, like, neon lights on them. And they were always, like, black and white posters that had maybe, like, a hint of color, like one of those color pop posters. But it was always of some, like, it was at a diner scene. And it was always James Dean was sitting at the diner and Mer- with Marilyn Monroe oh, and Elvis yeah. Presley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those. Yeah, so he would, we, Juton Hoops, when I was working there, they had a ton of those. Um, but that's kind of, that's only, the only way I really know James Dean. I've never seen any of his movies. I didn't know anything about his Biography or his background or anything. Um, knew the car was called Little Bastard. I knew didn't know that. And I had I've heard podcasts and I've read stories about how the car itself was cursed. I found it really interesting that they thought that it was his death that caused the curse on the car. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so you liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. 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 All right, well, that's it for us, guys. We are going to go. I'm going to scuttle my little butt over to Globe, Arizona and, and investigate a haunted jail. Uh, I'm really excited about it, too, because... <laughs> it should be just so much fun. So much fun. See, you mommy get it. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, uh, aren't you going to tell the folks where they can find us? Or as, you want me to do it this As time? usual, okay. you know where to find us all over social media at HOAH Podcast and HOAHpodcast.com and Patreon. I always screw up the Patreon. Patreon.com slash HOAH Podcast. Right. And we are only uh, we don't have TikTok, we don't have Snapchat. We're only on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. So um, we've had people ask if we were going to join TikTok and the answer is no. We're too old for that. We're too old for TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> We're pretty much too old for Snapchat, but I've got some friends that I talk to a lot on Snapchat. Oh, and there's a Snapchat filter that you need to know about. It turns your dogs into Disney cartoon dogs. Oh, shit. You know oh what? Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, hang on. Oh. Right, here's your phone. Go download Snapchat. It's, it's adorable. Um, well, you know that artist that turns your dogs will draw your dog into a Disney cartoon dog? I think that might be why they... Because that artist is starting to take off. Oh. I've seen a lot of like articles about this artist that will turn they mostly disabled animals into Disney cartoon animals. Aww. Oh. So I think Snapchat kind of like piggybacked on that and was like, oh. hey, let's make a filter. So Okay, I'll wait for the lawsuit on that. Right. <laughs> well, well then I better get my dogs Disney fied before I they go Can't. away. <laughs> anyway, so All yeah, right. guys, for you, if you want to Disney fy your animal, it's on Snapchat fil- filter apparently. All right. Um, next week, uh, that next week's episode is going to be, uh, to be determined. I've got to stop saying what Yes, yes, you do. Okay. Archie's smiling at me like, you dumb son of a bitch. Don't make promises. We can't keep. <laughs> um, so anyway, Patreons are getting, uh, Lake Shawnee Amusement Park and Goatman's Bridge as their, um, mini episode. All right. Yeah. Um, all right, guys, I'm off. This feels like a good place to end, so I'm going to go hunt some ghosts. And, Arch, what are you off to do? I'm going to go to the bathroom. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, Mom, what are you going to do? Uh, I'm going to disney my dog. Get the hell out of here. Okay. <laughs> Definitely a good place to end. Bye, Bye. guys. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Bye. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>